Thank you all for coming. Today we want to talk about giving thanks to God. Our thanks and our worship belong to God. God occupies our praise and thanksgiving. We're uh, in Psalm 100. It's only five verses. And before we begin this morning, Brother Kenny, would you pray for us? Amen. Thank you, Kenny. Thanksgiving Day is acknowledged by many, both churched and unchurched, as a day for giving thanks. In everyday conversations, we hear individuals say, I am thankful that what is often missing is the object of thankfulness. To whom is our thanksgiving directed? While it is fitting and appropriate to be thankful to individuals in our lives, the ultimate object of our thanks is to be God. Psalm 100 reminds us who God is, what he has done, and why we should thank him. The collectors of the Psalms arrange them into five books, each concluding with a similar expression of praise to the God of Israel. These divisions are noted in many Bibles. Psalm 100 is in book four and is one of the most familiar and loved psalms for the people of God. The writer told of the joy of entering the sacred site and worshiping in the presence of God with other pilgrims. Let's go ahead and read these verses as someone would like to read them. Go ahead and read all of them. There's just five. David tells us to acknowledge that the Lord is God. How can we do that? We acknowledge him when we shout our praises, appreciate his status as our creator. When we accept his authority in every detail of life, and enthusiastically agree with the guidance that he gives us and express our thanks for his unfailing love. Thanking the Lord is something that we must do with our lives as well as our lips. How shall we do it? By serving. Enter to worship, depart to serve. Serve with gladness. The Lord loves a cheerful servant. Serve is also translated worship. So we serve the Lord when we worship Him. Also by submitting. Creatures submit to the Creator. Sheep submit to the Shepherd. He is making us as we yield to Him. Submission means fulfillment. We find our fulfillment in God when we submit to his authority and lordship over our lives. He knows what's best. And by sacrificing, songs of praise, good works, 
material gifts, because of who he is and what he does for us, he is certainly worthy of our joyful thanks. God is our creator. We did not create ourselves. Many people live as if they are the center of their own little world. This mindset leads to pride, greed, idolatry, and if everything is taken away, a loss of hope itself. But when we realize that God created us and gives us all we have, we will want to give to others as God has given to us. Then, even if all is lost, we still have God and all that he has given us. Everything can be gone in a moment. A storm, a tornado, a fire, it can happen. And it happens every day to unsuspecting uh, people, the lost and the saved alike. The Hebrew title for the book of Psalms means praises. We generally think of all psalms as praise hymns to God. They are actually a number of different and distinct categories of psalms in our collection. There's royal psalms, there's wisdom psalms, and also lament psalms. Most of the lament psalms include the hope that God will hear and deliver Thus, these songs are not completely without encouragement. About half of the psalms directly or indirectly offer praise to God. Psalm 100 is one of many community worship materials. We can worship the Lord individually, but this psalm is a call to worship corporately and collectively as a body. The writer describes the joy of corporate worship rather than an individual worship experience with God. There is great joy when we come together as brothers and sisters in Christ and worship the Lord together. In song, there is a great encouragement in that. The Old Testament prescribes a number of feast days and their attendant celebrations. So it may be that the partic this particular occasion that spawned Psalm 100 was one of the prescribed days for a public gathering. Only the Lord had a delight in thy fathers to love them and he has chosen their seed after them, even you above all people, as it is this day. Sometimes the Old Testament isolates Israel as God's unique treasure. But there is a call here for all ye lands to worship the Lord. And that's talking about the whole earth. The Old Testament reflects also a progressive understanding of God as God uh, chose to reveal himself to his people over time and in various ways 
they came to understand him more fully. And in Hebrews chapter 1, uh, verses 1 and 2, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son. For God so loved, as in John 3.16, in Revelations chapter 5, verses 9 and 10, people from every kindred and tongue and people and nation offering praise to the Lord as priest. With God, there is no north and south, east or west. It's his, his people. There's no uh, difference in that. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Cries of victory and singing. We know in reading about King David that when the Ark of the Covenant was brought into Jerusalem, that he danced fervently uh, over that and was reprimanded by his wife. Nowhere does Scripture require worshipers to have musical expertise as a prerequisite for singing. Everyone is invited to join in our song of praise. Just as singing the Star Spangled Banner brings us together as a group of people, as a nation, or singing Happy Birthday to someone brings a family together, when we sing corporately together uh, for the Lord. That uh, we raise our voices united as the family of God, young and old, men and women, and people from every ethnicity in the praise of the Lord. Serve the Lord. We frequently refer to the worship activities of our church as the worship service. Worship is at 8.30. We do serve God by gathering in his name to offer praise. That is, This is an important part of our spiritual lives and spiritual growth. In Hebrews 10, uh, verse 24 and 25, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. Do you know anyone that says that I know God, but I don't have to go to church. I can worship at home. I can watch on TV. But when we, we know that corporate worship is vital. It's vital to the growth of the body. It's vital for uh, individuals to be in a corporate setting uh, with your brothers and sisters. We also continue to serve God in daily devotional practices by helping others in need. Our service begins as we worship together and continues as we live out lives 
of daily service. We worship with gladness. Don't come in here. Oh, um, go through the motions. Come in here and really think about it. How thankful we should be to God for every day, every breath that he gives us. He is sovereign. He is a creator. And as being creator, he is transcendent. For he is above his creation. And he is sovereign over his creation. He did not leave us to ourselves. He is also our shepherd, which means that he takes care of us and looks after us. I think in the last two weeks, Penny and I coming to church on Wednesday and once on Sunday have almost been in a head-on collision on Selma Road from people coming left of center. And you can see them. I'm talking from here into the fellowship hall, like kind of over a little bit, aren't they? And they get almost up to you. And I've had to swerve once to avoid uh, getting in an accident. That's God's grace uh, sparing us in times like that. He watches over us. Sometimes we have worship experiences where it's a solemn occasion as well. And we see here in Scripture where that the army of Israel wept and fasted as they sought the Lord before battle in Judges chapter 20. The gathered in Jerusalem wept in sorrow when they heard the reading of the newly discovered book of the law and realized they had disobeyed God's commands in Nehemiah chapter 8. Sometimes when we come in our worship experience to the altar, our hearts are heavy with maybe sin that we've not confessed or something that's uh, troubling us greatly. So we come in, in solemnity, if I said that right. Old Testament worship demonstrated overflowing, overflowing joy. The pilgrims to Jerusalem rejoiced in their opportunity to come to the dwelling place of God to offer thanksgiving. Where it implores uh, people to come, that's an invitation to come and to worship. If we fail to acknowledge God as our creator, we're going to get in all kinds of trouble. Various theories seek to explain away the need for God. In doing so, though, everything, everything becomes cold and mechanical. Any notion of purpose in life is lost. We lose our sense of beauty majesty and wonder and with that we also lose our propensity to be thankful if we got where we are by ourselves we have no one but ourselves to thank for anything in my experience 
before I got saved, I kind of went through life focused on what I wanted to do. I didn't care much about a rainbow. I didn't care much about the leaves turning colors. But after I got saved, God awakened me to these wonders of His creation. You ever seen a flock of birds fly together? The Not the geese, but the little ones. How they'll all turn at the same time and go, go right in unison with each other. Little things like that, I started noticing. Sunsets, sunrises, uh, the constellations at night, because I worked at night and was outside. Uh, I started getting, getting an appreciation for the things of God. God showed me these things where before it didn't mean anything to me. And that's one way that God uh, touched me. Acknowledging God only as creator can make him seem distant and uninvolved in our day-to-day lives. But God is also our shepherd. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Make God personal and close to us. God as our shepherd is a very personal expression, one that's repeated often in Scripture. Everyone's seen the picture of Jesus carrying the little lamb and the flock following him. Think about what a shepherd does for a flock of sheep. He'll protect them at any cost. And the expression that my sheep know my voice and follow me and that they will not uh, turn to another. First of all, we know that Yahweh is God. And to know much more than uh, merely given intellectual assent, it's a personal knowledge that makes a difference in how one lives. That's knowing uh, the Lord. The name Yahweh is derived from the verb translated I am. He is the God who is the only God. There is none other. There is none other God that offers you forgiveness for your sins and has the power to uh, make that a reality. The Bible never dignifies other gods. They are false gods. They can offer you nothing. They have no power. They are nothing. The Apostle Paul talked about the offering of, uh, or the eating of meat that was sacrificed to idols, that it was okay to eat it because that meat was offered to nothing. Those idols are nothing. So it would be okay to eat that. We worship the Lord because He is the only God and there is none else. It is this God who has sought us in our sinfulness and with the offer of pardon and salvation. He is the only living God and the only source 
of mercy and forgiveness. That it is He that hath made us. He is separate and apart from the creation and superior to it. We worship Him in acknowledgement of the grandeur of His creation and His majesty is revealed in His creation. More than simply creating the world we enjoy around us, our Creator God made us and gave us life and a beautiful world to enjoy and care for. Part of the distinct nature of God is that He is life-giving, unlike the false gods who have no life and cannot give life. Such lifeless gods can promise nothing and give nothing. Since the Lord is our creator, we are his people. The response of gratitude for the gift of creation is a natural component of worship. The people of God know joy because God watches over us. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. The image of Jesus Christ as the good shepherd is common in Christian art. The image of the shepherd continues to convey protection and love. Our God is a shepherd who offers care and protection to his people. For these three reasons, we worship the Lord with gladness and with singing. As we acknowledge and thank God as creator and shepherd, remember the beautiful phrase, we are his. Circumstances will not always be kind, but no matter what, because we have acknowledged him, we are his. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that God doesn't cast us off when we mess up or make a mistake or say or do something that is uh, sinful. We can come to him and seek his restoration and forgiveness. We are to bless God's name. But here in uh, verse 4, enter into his gate with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Verse 4 portrays the architecture of the temple. Remember that the Lord gave King David plans for the temple, the temple that David wished to build himself, but God disallowed David to build it because he was a man of war. He gathered all the material and had it stored up, but Solomon is who built the temple. And that temple lasted as a place of worship for uh, some 400 years before it, it was destroyed. The central feature of the temple was the Ark of the Covenant, which was constructed under Moses' leadership. In the Ark of the Covenant was the two tablets of stone that was given to Moses on Mount Sinai. Also added to the ark was uh, a container of manna and Aaron's rod 
was also added to it. The ark was kept in the Holy of Holies, or most holy place. Priests and their helpers can enter the holy place, but only the high priest could enter the Holy of Holies. Where it talks about enter into the gates and into the courts, the people of Israel would come come in to worship in the courts and then later move on into the, well, come into the gates and then into the courts. It was like a pro- progression of intensity of their worship. They were not allowed to enter into the Holy of Holies, but in order to watch uh, the worship experience and maybe the work of the priests, they would try to draw as close as they could to be able to see what was going on. Much like if we go to a, a baseball game, somebody wants to always sit behind home plate or be on the 50-yard line at a football game. You want to get in there where you could uh, see Keep in mind, too, when we worship God, that God is good. The gods other nations worshipped were not good. They were perceived as being selfish and capricious, but the God of the Bible is always good when he created the world and all that in it, that is in it. He saw what he had made was good, very good. His will for us can only be described as good and acceptable and perfect in Romans 12, 2. God is love. Because he himself is love, God's faithful love and mercy endures forever. God has many attributes, but nothing demonstrates the heart of God for us like his love. We we respond with love to him because he first loved us. I love God this morning. I'm not worthy or deserving of anything that I have. He has blessed me over and above what I could ever imagine. And I am thankful to God. I'm thankful for having things, but I acknowledge that it is God that is the sustainer and the giver and provider of everything that you need. He provides for us. God is faithful. We live in a world that is always changing. In the midst of such a rapid, rapidly changing world, it's comforting to know that God himself is unchanging and his truth endures. Rock solid, immutable, same today, yesterday, and forevermore. We saw in verse 2 that our service to others is an act of worship to God. But when we get to verse 4, the emphasis turns to the corporate gathering of God's people. Applied to Christians, This can be seen as an exhortation for us to gather as a church. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. 
I don't know if I read this or not. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. The people of God are strengthened. God is blessed when we gather together for thanks and praise. I want to encourage all my brothers and sisters this morning, just hang on. Just hang on a little longer. We don't, we don't know what this day might bring. But we know that if we, if we belong to God, that He is going to see us through to the end. He is faithful. No matter what may happen to us physically, if we die, uh, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We're in a win-win situation. We continue to pray and earnestly pray for all of our lust, lost loved ones, friends and neighbors that we know that don't know the Lord, that they may come to a saving faith as well. And to serve God by sharing the gospel with whoever we uh, would encounter. Why is it important to regularly proclaim the goodness of God to those around us? It's important because those who don't know the Lord are looking everywhere but the right place for fulfillment, for forgiveness, and for mercy, for a purpose in their lives. We've all heard that it's like one beggar telling another beggar that I've found bread and we've found the bread of life in Jesus Christ. Every generation can enter, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. His goodness, love, and faithfulness lead us to be thankful unto him and bless his name. Thank God this morning for his many gifts to his children, especially our salvation. When I pray in the morning and get the day started, that is one of the first things that I thank God for, is for saving my soul and for blessing me with my family, my church family. Think about from whence God has brought us, what we were before coming to a saving faith in Christ. Hopelessly lost. Do you ever shout out praises to the Lord when you get it? Feel the Holy Spirit come on you? I used to in the trash truck. I know people would be wondering, what do you see yelling at? I'd have the window down. Some, you know, somehow the Lord would touch me or bless me and something, a song that I was listening to or a message that I was hearing and uh, just get a special blessing. Whether it is service in the church or in the community, our service can be an act of worship.
just like this past year, making sandwiches or uh, lunches for the homeless. That was an act of worship, I think, because that, in presenting that to those people over there, they were thankful to get them. We'd take them over there, and a lot of times people would be waiting outside, and it would be an opportunity to, to share Christ with them or just maybe be a bright spot in their day, which most of them didn't have too much to look forward to. How thankful to God you are in each of these life situations. What about when you achieve something that you worked hard for? Are you thankful to God for that? Or do we think, man, I did a heck of a job on that. Example, the last couple of years that I worked, I had a goal set that no matter what, I'm going to finish this strong. I've done this for almost 35 years. And if God allows me to, I'm going to go every day. I'm going to get along with everybody. I'm going to do whatever they ask me to do. I'm not going to complain. And there was times it, it was hard. But I, I purposed in my heart to do this. I set this goal for myself. And I was dependent on God every day to help me do it. And that last day, when I turned in my keys. I got in my pickup truck to leave. I sat there and cried for about five minutes. Just thankful. Thankful to God that he allowed me to endure. And even after the heart attack, to come back and work and finish out. That was all by the grace and the mercy of God. Thankful for that. What about when you catch a lucky break? I know someone that plays the lottery tickets, the scratch-offs, and he hits occasionally, but he never tells you how much that he spent to hit that one ticket. And I'm going to have to say something, but he'll say, man, God, God sure did bless me today. I hit for 500 and I just want to say, no, that's, that's not how it works. And this here where it says you barely made it through a, a car accident, you better believe you're thanking God. When you're hitting the brakes and bracing yourself for impact and that impact doesn't come. When I worship at church, we can be enthusiastic. We can shout out. We can praise God and not worry about what someone's going to think. Join, join me in uh, thanking God. And when we fail too, Lord, have mercy on me. 
that I said that or I did that. When I celebrate Thanksgiving Day, I've heard of a tradition where a family will sit down to eat and they'll go around the table and each one has to express something that they're thankful for. What about when we're stuck in a desperate situation? Do we freeze up? Do we wonder what the outcome is going to be? Or do we lay it at God, at Jesus' feet and ask Him that His will be done and that whatever I do would bring you honor and glory? All righty. We have one more lesson in this book and then we'll get some new books here. And they should be out next week. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you.